Welcome to Waiting on the Bonus Points, a Fantasy Premier League podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Waiting on the Bonus Points. I'm here, as usual, in the studio with the gut man, Jack Ball. Good afternoon. Mr. Emotional Baron Cross. Good afternoon. And of course, I'm the stat man, David Monday, for what it's worth anyway, uh, because we're going to start yet again, as per usual, with the forfeits, and unfortunately... That's me again. Me, oh, me, oh. me and Baron have both recommended you change from Mr. Statman to Mr. Forfeit. Well, oh. no, no, let's just stop bullying me. Um, and you've also, you've also made horrible jokes about how people lose faith in my articles, but I, I don't see you guys stepping up to write any, so that's my response that's to that because, That's because I don't want to give people my advice. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll just we'll quickly go through what briefly happened in all of our teams this week. So we'll start with you, Jack. Just briefly tell us what happened. Your wild card has now paid off, hasn't it? Scenes is what happened yeah, yeah. With my, within my team. Seven goals in my team this week. Um, it was, it was uh, just to give a bit of build-up. Are we talking about Aguero later or we kind of mention the build-up to... Uh, if we, we talk about Aguero later, we'll get the okay. fourth out of the way. Okay, so yeah, basically I had 86 points. I had a very good week. The best week I've had for a long time. Some people questioned whether we should have had a field defenders last week. I think that was one of the questions that was given yeah. to us. Yeah. I had Lowe and Schindler who got me uh, 15 points. So that sort of answers Schindler that question. Loves BPS. Yeah. So yeah, 86 points, very happy. I didn't have to worry about the forfeit at all. Oh yeah, and Baron, another good week for you as well. <laughs> David, <laughs> just David's tone just sold that so well. Uh, yes, it, it, it started remarkably, didn't it? All three oh, of yeah. us sort of tracing the, the Spurs game and um, I, I we'll get on to it of course and I'll try and be brief. Uh, the big debate was Kane or Aguero. I went with Spurs, Kane and Ali. Both of them delivered early on. So I started well, carried on through. Sunday wasn't great. I had three Newcastle players. Oh yeah, but, uh, it resulted in uh, seventy-one points, just another very good above the average. And I must say, I my total was sixty-three, which actually I still think is a good oh, score. Over average, yeah. And and the frustrating thing about the fact that I got sixty-three points is the fact that after getting that score, I knew I was doing the forfeit, so I just spent days sulking, and then I only realised this morning actually, what am I talking about? Sixty-three points. As, as, you know, I haven't. I've got my wild card in hand. You don't have it in hand anymore. So is it sixty-three that, or fifty-nine? So it's fifty-nine with a four-point hit, but <laughs> which, which, mention which that. hey, you also took, took that <laughs> as well. So, but hey, you know, it's a respectable score. So I came to the realisation this morning. Yes, I'm probably going to embarrass myself on the podcast again. But if someone had offered me, I mean, my overall uh, overall score at the moment is three hundred thirty-two. If someone offered me that after six weeks, I would have taken it. Um, even if it meant eating a chilli or whatever it is you have planned for me today, which, which is, I suppose we should probably find out uh, now. We're not, we're not all heartless, so we thought you we'd, are. Uh, we'd um, out of my magic bag of treats. Oh. We've got marshmallows for you. you, know, now, you now he's confused because he's thinking, uh, it's it it just easy. Sorry? Is it chubby bunnies, yeah? Yeah, so basically you've got to put as many into your mouth as possible. You're serious? That's that is your that is your forfeit. Oh, well, thank you. But, well, but there's a twist. There is a twist. Oh. Yes. So of course there's a twist. It's not just you know open the marshmallows. It's not just the marshmallows that you've got to put in your mouth. You've got to right. lace them with something first. Right. Which then leads us on to a, a familiar friend I can of ours. Smell it from here. Is it is it a chili that's? It, it may well be. So it's chili soup. It's not soup. It is just sauce. I've just dipped oh, it in for ease, sauce? for ease. So each one has to go yeah. in like that. Dip we are definitely, definitely going to need some newspapers this week, I would suggest. So, listeners, yeah. uh, David has been presented with a large bag of jumbo marshmallows, and he's got a bowl of very hot chilli sauce. You can smell how hot it is. And he's going to have to dip each marshmallow in, shove it in his mouth, and get as many as he can in, and then possibly leave them for a few minutes. 
Yeah, so yeah, what, what is the so, parameters so, here? So basically, I think me and Barry, in the meantime, while you're doing that, we should talk about our teams. Mm. Uh, we can talk for our teams in a bit more, more detail. We'll let you get right. a fir- your, your few well, on the way first of all. And again, for anyone that's listening, there will be a video of this, so you can see David's mm-hmm. hopefully increasingly red face. I would, I would, I need to clarify a few more things. So, yes. what, what's the time limit? Like, have I got to get to a certain? Is it just I've got to keep going until you've you got to get in until you literally can barely speak? And then keep, and keep it in for a minute or two. And, then, and yeah. then I'm supposed to continue hosting a podcast. We might we'll try and you can maybe try and say a few <laughs> phrases. <laughs> you might have to take yeah. over again on this one. Can I try a bit of the sauce? Is that all right? No. Oh, what? I've already... No, you've got the first oh. The first time you can try it is when you're just on a marshmallow. Right, okay. So, we'll let you put the first one in. Let's get an initial reaction. Off you go. Right, from the sauce. A decent yeah. dip in as well. Can't like, just, yeah. like, like that, yeah? Okay. You don't have to swallow anything. Right, I have to keep it in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Speed may be of the essence. Yeah. Right, so should we talk about our teams while he's stuffing his face? So I'll go with my team first of all. My highest scorer was Aguero, but that's with with the captaincy. It was a, it was a big struggle, wasn't it? We were yeah. talking about Aguero a lot during You've the week. You've got quite a humorous story behind your Aguero selection in the end, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do indeed. You two, Beryl and David, my two colleagues, they were discussing all day on Friday, last Friday. Panicking. Panicking about whether to bring Aguero in or not. And that was the conversation for most of the day. And I was mm-hmm. laughing at them both and saying, oh, I'm not going to make any transfers this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't get any more in? Mm. Already? That's mm-hmm. only about four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it hot? I'll leave him in there for a bit. Mm. So, okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, so, so David and Baron both talking about Aguero, me laughing at them, saying I'm not going to make any changes this week, I'm very happy with my team. I go to mm-hmm. bed. You're dripping. I go to bed, then at about 5am I wake up after a dream that Aguero gets two goals and yeah. decide I'm going to make changes <laughs> at 5am. <laughs> Turn over, pick up my phone, Bring Aguero in, but to afford that, I have to take out another player. So I take out Fabregas. Look at him dripping. <laughs> so yeah, I brought in, basically bought in Aguero, got me 22 points, and I also had Morato in my lineup. 17 points a hat trick. Should have captained him, but overall, a very good week. It was good, wasn't it? I mean, I think uh, I think for me the high point was probably the relief of Harry Kane. Um, much like Jack was just saying, that the, the big debate all Friday, going into Saturday, was um, was whether we go with Kane or Aguero. And uh, in the end, I thought I went with I went with Kane because uh, <laughs> I just don't think Aguero is a should of his starts. Mm-hmm. I just I just didn't want to get into that, so um, mm-hmm. I went with Kane. And, oh, this is disgusting! And uh, so Kane Kane scored twice for me, and uh, mm-hmm. I captained him, and that, that that paid off. Low point was undoubtedly Kyle Morton, who um, mm-hmm. oh, it's so hard to concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> David, who, before you spit them out, who would you pick out, Kane or Aguero? Listen for the syllables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Kane and Aguero, what, t- what time period? Are we talking 10 weeks, 5 weeks? <laughs> We're in the face now. For this game week, I'm going to say Kane. Are you, have you got some more questions <laughs> for me? Oh. How are you feeling? I tried this one before, it was quite hot. It is hot, yeah. It was alright at first, but it's the keeping it in there. And you haven't got any milk this week, have you? Uh, <laughs> I've got a limited budget. Do you want to move this, Baron? Yes, please. <laughs> right, so 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 yeah, you picked you've got you've got Kane your team, don't you? So so Dave, you had more low lights than highlights, but what can you tell the listeners what your what your few highlights were? Uh, David Silver was good. Oh yeah. Uh, so he was your city coverage, wasn't he? He was my city coverage, and to be honest, I'm quite happy because I made two transfers, four point hit. Kaz and Akin Silva, and they both did their jobs. Yeah, it's just the rest of the team that let you down. 
Well, ben Davis especially. Ben Davis, yeah. Spurs, that really let me down because the thing with Spurs was it was 3-0. And uh, what was it? They were 3-0 up, cruising. You're thinking, job done. Just yeah. see it out. And then West Ham scored twice. And it just... It's one of those things that Davis is in there for clean sheets. He's in a team that traditionally keeps clean sheets. Yeah. They played well enough to keep a clean sheet. And then West Ham got goals out of nowhere. We were talking about expected goals the other day, weren't we? Yeah, we were. The chances that West Ham created in that game didn't warrant two goals. No. The so red card made all the difference, didn't it? And the red card as well. So Sergio Aurier made a big difference as well. So thankfully I didn't have him. But yeah, that was quite frustrating. Obviously, Robbie Brady was a big frustration for me as well. You're thinking Burnley at home against Huddersfield, who kind of struggled in the last couple of weeks. You're thinking he's going to get a goal. And uh, that's why I benched Schindler. He obviously got three bonus points. So to have nine points on the bench and seven marshmallows with Tabasco sauce in your mouth. That's the subplot, isn't it? You didn't think about it. You actually had Schindler on the bench, yeah. who is a BPS king. I don't know if it would have made much difference. Nine, he would have come in for... Tom Carroll for me, the debate between me was Carroll or Schindler because I was convinced enough that, that Clark might get a clean sheet with Newcastle at Brighton. Mm. As we touched about, you were debating Aguero as well, weren't you? Before I was debating Aguero, but I worked out that in order to get Aguero, I was going to get him alongside Kane and Lukaku. He was my plan B. I would only, I'd have to take out, I think it was Salah uh, because uh, Mares wouldn't give me enough money. Because it would have been Mounier and Mares out for Aguero and some midfielder who might play. But Mares wasn't enough to make up the difference, mm. so it had to be Salah. I think it was Salah to like Mark Pugh or something. And I realised that even if Aguero did well, what I would lose in midfield would be dreadful. So, And if you look at what I've done in the end, I'm quite happy with what I actually did. This yeah. is why, like forfeits aside, what you guys did this week aside, I'm still happy with my team because... I went with plan A, which was to take a four-point hit to bring in Silva and Glasnac. Silva got exactly the same points as Aguero. We shouldn't forget that this week because he got two assists, two bonus points, played the whole game. Got the same number of points as him and Glasnac obviously kept the clean sheet. A little bit disappointed when you pay that much money for Glasnac, bearing in mind the threat he offers going down that left wing. Two assists already this year. I was hoping for maybe an assist, you know, possibly a goal at a push, although he hasn't scored yet. Um, so slight disappointment there, but like, you know, Generally happy with my team. I mean, 63 <coughs> points before you take off the four-point hit. It's not too bad. And, you know, I'm still, I think, fourth or fifth in our work league, which is a solid place to be. And my only one concern is the fact that I'm a bit confused. I've never been so close to Jack before. <laughs> Normally, he's yards below me. Yeah, before the Arsenal game, weeks. Jack was, like, down to three points behind David. Yeah, not my leads. Oh. Yeah, it was. Um, that's the thing. It's, it's just funny. This is the first week. I mean, our listeners will know from the amount of forfeits you've done. You've probably been on, had the low, lowest scores most weeks. Four times now. I've never really picked up much of a difference. This is the first week where my team yeah. really made a noticeable yeah. difference. Yeah, scored me by 23 points. And that probably takes us on to our next topic, doesn't it? And the big reason you did so well, Jack, was, was Mr. Morata, who is he, just, he is very much in our consciousness now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, you know, it's, I, I made a big conscious decision to go with more up front, yeah, trying to outweigh any, any defensive uh, weaknesses, really. And having Aguero, Lukaku and Morata up front is a, is a threatening attack, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And you know you had Morata with a hat trick. The only downside, and it's funny when you talk, when you talk about eighty six points, there are you still can have downsides. And my <laughs> oh, was, yeah. I wish I had Captain Morata because I would I'd yeah. probably have overtaken David this week or be very close to him at least. Yeah, I think you would um, have overtaken. So Morata again with three goals. Lukaku got me one. Aguero got me got, got me one. That's exactly why I brought them in. And then mm-hmm. Ericsson and Salah both me feel get me one. And the bonus for me this week was the fact again, as I mentioned, that I've got two Huddersfield defenders that kept a clean sheet. So. Mm-hmm. 
for once, everything that I wanted to happen actually came together. And we all know how good it feels when your plan oh, comes together. It feels so good. It does indeed. I mean, the thing with uh, Morato is, I think we all, I don't know, we, we, we like, like the look of him. Because we were all talking about stuff. It's a waiting game, wasn't it? It was a waiting game. You know, I mean, this was the week that you had, you needed to have him. I think because we already talked, we talked about Stokes' defensive problems last week. Um, you know, they were missing several players through injury, but they were also missing Zuma because he was ineligible. He's not allowed to play against his parent club. So uh, it's, it's difficult. I mean, he's been on my radar for a while, and I'm, we'll go on to discuss in a little bit that I really like the look of him going forward. But part of me does just worry. Is it a bit like, you know, when we had Mounier, two goals, first game of the season, turned out to basically just be because Palace were terrible. Will Morata hit the same heights again? We don't know yet, that's the but thing. But so. he has scored. In the fact he's, he's already been scoring, isn't he? And assisting as well, you know. He's... We, will, we will go on to discuss, I mean, yeah. I really like the look of him. I just thought, worth throwing that question out. I would be very happy if you want to get Morata. <laughs> I know you would. Um, so, I think that concludes our discussion of the game week six, week six. I, I am double checking because I was not paying a great deal of attention I think people are well aware that you failed again yeah <laughs> brilliant thank you very much your that face is going back to its normal colour yeah. a bit now. that is good that is good the, 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 the no milk this week is a problem just going to put that out there so the, my lips are still burning but well, we're maybe, now maybe we try getting the most points one week you won't have to do it yeah, I mean, that, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't argue with that kind. Uh, so we're now going to move on to uh, one of our favourite sections which is So the man chancel. The man chancel. He um, got a start this week. Hey. I put him in. So like David, Newcastle's fixtures. Uh, they've been pretty good since the start of the season, and this week uh, they had a two on the FDR at Brighton. Uh, and um, based on the way my squad looks, I thought let's get Bember in there. Yeah. Decent price, I decent opposition. Brighton aren't in great shape. Newcastle flying. I'm a Newcastle fan, so I got a bit carried away. And it reminded me quite a lot of the Swansea game. I thought oh, um, it was it was fairly even. I thought both sides had a few chances, but against Swansea we kept them out and then scored from a set piece late on. And on this occasion, Brighton kept us out and uh, and scored early on in the second half. And Ben was in the, was in the thick of the action. And uh, Benitez was actually very unhappy that he felt uh, our man Chancel um, was blocked illegally for the goal. So. Um, when all is said and done, he only got two points, which was a bit of a disappointment to say I mm. brought him in this week. So it's hard to be too critical. You know, he's, he's a four million defender. Is he four one yet, or is he four no? Flat? He's still, he's still, still four flat. flat. So he's still a bargain out there for listeners. It looks like he's going to continue to play. And I think at four million, you can't expect much more than getting two points for ninety minutes. Can I mean, you? that's the thing. The reason we had him there because he plays. Yeah. That's the, the reason he's there, and he plays regularly. There's a few people. Um, Rosini has come in once or twice. Marriott is getting a few games at Watford as well. So, but nobody seems to have held down their places no. as strongly as Mbemba has. And so. also, he's, he's come back from injury. Yeah, long long ago, yeah he's come yeah. back from a three-month-long injury, apparently, according to the DR Congo <laughs> team doctor. Congolese uh, health professionals <laughs> yeah. don't quite understand injuries. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it's still looking positive for for him. It's a home game against Liverpool this yes, week. Yes, so he'll be on my bench. Probably be on your bench. Be some good sweet. fixtures beyond that so yeah. so that moves us on to the biggest talking point of uh, this week and this, this, uh, and this podcast as well and we've already discussed it on our website as well so by all means go and check out the written version of what we're about to discuss but we have possibly the worst strikers crisis I can oh. remember in recent history on Fantasy Premier League because if you look at these six individuals Sergio Aguero Alvaro Morata Romelu Lukaku Jamie Vardy Harry Kane and even Alexander Lacazette, they, between them, have 31 goals this season. And I think, let's get this right, three, five, 
think I think there's six assists in there as well. So there's a ridiculous amount of fantasy Premier League points. And the problem is, in years gone by, we're we're well used to trying to balance our team by not picking all of the elite level strikers. But the problem is, is even if money was no question, you could still only have three of these maximum. So what do we do? So I my what I suggest is we go through each one and we talk about whether or not we think we should keep them. Are there any midfield alternatives? Kind of discussed this on the website already, but I think it's a good idea to get the thoughts of Jack and Barron as well. So we're going to start with Sergio Aguero. We've kind of touched on him already. Going forward, if you had to pick between Sergio Aguero and his midfield cover, what would you do? We'll start with you, Jack. Uh, it is a tough one, because Silva's had a, had a great start to yeah. this season. There's no, get, no getting away from that. But... Now I've got Aguero in my team, I find it hard to take him out again. <laughs> but that, but Jesus is also an alternative. He's cheaper than Aguero. Yeah. I could bring him in. Bring Aguero, him Aguero in. was a differential at one point no, this season. I don't, I don't know what his ownership is at the moment. It's twenty-seven point three. That's flown. So it's it's, it's gone up by. He, he had three prices. The podcast didn't win. Somebody had asked for a differential striker. And he yeah. said you know, Aguero's <laughs> got eleven percent ownership. Yeah, exactly. That money was eleven four. But his price has gone up. He did a triple rise last week. By three. Fantasy yeah. Football Fix said they'd be very surprised if a triple rise happened this season because the thresholds have gone up by so much. And less than 10 days after they made their prediction, Sergio Aguero, out of nowhere, just triple price but, rise. But then we also said, and I can't remember if we said it on the podcast or just in our discussions in the office, we also said he, he's, he's proven at this level. You know, Just yeah. like Kane, when, when he wasn't scoring in, in August, you knew it was going to come good eventually. So... What is is Aguero ever a risk? I don't I don't know. I mean I know Guardiola likes to rotate his team. Yeah. But I I still bet no matter how much you rotate Aguero, we'll still end up around twenty goals a season. Well, I mean Baron, you you obviously we we like to talk about the rotation. We do. Me and Baron sit next to each other in the office, and whenever we see anything come up on tweet though that slightly oh, suggests he's not going to play this weekend, it's eyes emojis all over the shop. Yeah. So it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it, mate? I think. Um, I think the way I, the, the best way I think I summarised it was when I was talking to you the other day and I, I kind of said now I've got over the Crystal Palace panic and I've just got through that horrible moment <laughs> on Saturday I think I can maybe move forward now without having him I yeah. just feel like I've got over the worst of it and because there's so many other options I don't feel too bad about not having him and it's the main reason I'm not going to get him is the rotation I just it's just terrifying to sit yeah. oh, there, it is. wait for that team sheet to come in, as Jesus owners would have seen on Saturday, and see that your prized asset in attack, the guy who spent nearly £12 million on, is not even starting. Like City's fixtures are very, very good after Chelsea, but that means nothing if he's being rested for the Champions League games. Yeah, it's exactly. just so frustrating. I accept they haven't got Ian Nacho or Boney and that sort of third striker isn't really there for them. So more often than not, it's going to be either Jesus or Aguero or both. But I think mainly, I think because of the other options, I'm not going to go with him because of the rotation. Whereas I think the others, they're a surefire thing. Yeah, I mean, my particular view is, I mean, I already have David Silva and I've got David Silva for this reason anyway, in that he's played every game for City in the league so far. And, you know, he, he was rested last night in the Champions League. So we, and to be fair, um, well, not rested, sorry, came off in the second half. Uh, Aguero did too as well, but Silva is less likely to get rotated in my opinion. And I mean, using a game where City won 5-0 and, and Silva got exactly the same number of points as Aguero, for me that's encouraging. It's not going to happen every week, of course, but the, I mean, the, the general theme you probably get as we go through each of these strikers is none of us are saying we think these guys aren't going to score goals because they clearly are going to. It's, it's how you balance that yes. with their prices the balance, and yeah. what alternatives are. And for me, David Silva offers a great alternative. 
at 8.4 million that he is now. Um, he's he's somebody you'd be more accepting of being dropped, isn't he? At 8.4. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's less painful. Yeah. Um, so we'll go on to our second striker then, Alvaro Morata. And I've already said I've, I really like the look of him. If I was the wild card at this exact moment, Morata would be in my team. Yeah. Um, Jack, you've obviously already got him. Talk us through why you got him when you did, because obviously that's pre-hat-trick. So. The fact is we know he's going to play, and that, that's, that's all it comes down to, really. You know he's going to be on the team sheet every week, bar injury. He's... He's, he looks lively in games, even if Chelsea aren't particularly playing well, he can put away one chance, and that's what you need. He's, he's out costering what costed him really, <laughs> when, when, he, when he was in the team. I think, as Beren said, you know, there's only so much you can predict ahead of a game. Mm. You, know, you can't predict everything, but one thing you can't do know is that Morata is more likely to start, and that is the reason to have him, I think. He's, Chelsea will be up there this season. They'll score a lot of goals, and I think you look at their midfield, and possibly Hazard... You look at William and there's Fabregas. There's quite a few players in there that I just wouldn't pick over mm, Morata. Exactly. And I think out of those strikers, he is the one that I would pick. I think the key thing is you mentioned Hazard there. He's still more expensive than Morata, which is the interesting. I mean, that probably won't last long. I think Morata is going to be touching 11 million by the new year. I would suggest bearing in mind the form he's in. I think he could get plenty of price rises between then. Mm. And um, but I mean, the, the thing is, Pedro's had a couple of injuries. Willian kind of flat to deceive, let's be honest, mostly up to this point. Fabregas, you don't know whether or not he's going to start uh, exactly. So, um, a, a great stat about Morata for me is the way that he kind of just balances um, almost everything. So, um, out of the six that we're going to discuss, he's got the second best shot accuracy. So, Jamie Vardy is the only one who's got a higher accuracy, but Morata has had more shots than Vardy. So, he's had less shots than Aguero, Lukaku, or Kane but he has got a higher accuracy, which means that when he does shoot, mm. he's, he's more likely to score. Um, and of course, one thing we haven't touched on, of course, is Chelsea's run of fixtures over the next 10 games is yes. unbelievable. So, uh, yeah. It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I think I, I think I agree with you both. I think it's, it's very hard to look beyond Morata, and I think Jack made a good point in that we know that all of these teams, Leicester aren't going to score as many, but they're going to score, but all six teams are pretty much going to have goals. Oh, yeah. And it's what's going to be the outlet of those goals? You know, Where are the goals going to come from? And I think when you look at Chelsea, apart from Hazard, you think if Chelsea are going to score goals, it's going to take a miracle for Morata not to be the one putting them in the back of the net and in and around the penalty box. Yeah, exactly. The, the only... The, it, but the only... I mean, we, we need to be balanced, don't we? So yeah. the cons for Morata, I think, it, it, it is still early on, isn't it? He's, he's not as proven as Aguero, Kane, Lukaku. The only one he's as proven as is Lacazette. So I think... That's the, the only thing we don't know is, is long-term productivity and also we don't know what Conte's going to do with, with the Champions League games when it gets trickier. Exactly, yeah. Because it, it Batshuayi is there and knocking on the door and when Batshuayi plays, as you found to your credit last season, mm. he does seem to find the net and yeah. you do think that it just makes it, I mean, the, the Morata's price makes him very attractive and I think we'll, we would all, get, like we say, if we were going to say we'd all go for it but I think just to put the, the thought in people's heads... As the Champions League progresses, I mean, are they playing tonight? They're playing tonight, yes. So, so we're recording on Wednesday, they're playing on Wednesday evening, so we'll, we'll, I'm sure Morata will, will play week in, week out, like Jack says. I'm sure I'm just overthinking it, but... It's a thought to have, it, it's, it? it's the thought yeah. that back end, it's just, it's just so worrying, unlike we would have with Lukaku and Kane, who we just know are yeah. going to play 90 minutes. Not 90 minutes, but they're going to start, yeah. they're going to play over 60 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Every single match. Exactly. Well, I mean, that brings us very nicely on to Lukaku, who, for me, I think the talking point with him... Is a fact is is actually his consistency, which is quite surprising when you consider the nickname he's had over the previous years of being Blancarki. I think when you look at um, he, he's obviously scored less points than Aguero and Morata, scored the same number of goals as them. So you know he's obviously still doing well. But 
if you look at game weeks with goals, which I think is, is a key stat if you're looking for someone to be in your team long term, he has only not scored in one of the six games, whereas Aguero's not scored in two, Morata's not scored in two as well. So we, we actually it kind of brings me back to why I captained him this week. Didn't really touch on that at the beginning. The reason I captained Lukaku over the rest of them, you know, Kane or I even looked at Silva possibly, but I just thought out of everybody, bearing in mind the form he's in, you know he's going to get one goal. He probably won't get two, but you just know he's going to get one goal, which is why he's been so uh, important for my team. The, the one downside is I've just had a look at you know Manu's next five. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Three, three, of, three of those five are, are, are tough games. They've got yeah. obviously Crystal Palace at home next, and I'm sure Lukaku will be many people's oh, captains yeah. yes. this week. And you'd almost be stupid not to captain Lukaku, I think. But then they've got Liverpool away, Huddersfield away. Spurs at home and then sorry, Spurs at home and then Chelsea away. It's not so easy to judge. No. Spurs, I mean, Chelsea, um, Liverpool next five games. This, this is this is the dilemma I have is which players are there any players that you do just hold through bad fixture runs or mm. do or do you always need to be flexible enough to react to patterns? And the fact we're discussing six different big price <laughs> options there is you think maybe I could do without Lukaku for those for four or five game weeks and get one of the other lads in there. I mean maybe you do. I mean. It's such a tough dilemma. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that fixture balance, the thing with Lukaku, as you say, he's got some tricky uh, fixtures over the next six game weeks. Going back to Morata, over the next ten game weeks, um, seven of them are two on the FD, yeah. on the fixture difficulty ranking. So if you if you if you have faith in Lukaku long term and you expect him to do well once um, the difficult run is over, because yeah, we have to say that Lukaku is the kind of player who United needed because he was the kind of player who who he scores lots of goals against the dross, the yes. rubbish teams, the struggles against the big teams. You know, we don't know how whether or not he's going to struggle against the big teams at United because he is now at the team. team. But also, but good, I think the 1-0 win over Southampton has sort of brought Man U fans back down to earth a bit. Yes. You know, yeah. they've, they've had a few 4-0s. What was it, Swansea and Everton, three of those goals were scored very late on yeah. in a fluky few yeah. minutes. So I think that 1-0 has brought him back, people back down to earth and yeah. actually made them well, realise I mean, that they're not going to score four every week. With Palace, the Palace um, th- uh, fixture this week obviously kind of creates a bit of a skew in the system, but in the last two weeks, Lukaku has lost owners to people like Aguero and Morata because I think people maybe favour their run. So the possibility is if he is going to do well uh, after that poor run and Chelsea's fixtures stiffen up after their nice run, could you swap Lukaku out after this week after he scored, let's say, eight goals against Palace? Uh, yeah, put Morata in and then when that's done put him back in again I mean, so the, the, the price rises could work for you yeah, like that exactly well. yeah, because the, the, toughest, the toughest reason for doing that though is if you take Lukaku out is that you're playing your own mind games yes. yeah, and if he ends yeah. up having a good yes. scoring you know which you could do I mean, <clears> Liverpool haven't got the best defence in the league you can end up getting yeah. two or three goals against Liverpool and then that's when you really beat yourself up because you think to yourself right. I know Lukaku's got goals why did I take him out even, if, even if you're playing, like let's say you take out Lukaku, bring in Morata, Morata scores once, and Lukaku scores twice, you're thinking, why have I done that to myself? Yeah. It's Waste a transfer, you might, you, you, you've ruined your squad a little bit, it becomes a little bit harder to get Lukaku back in. Just... I think in fantasy football, you're, you're battling yourself as a manager more than <laughs> anyone else. And yeah, that, that's, that's the biggest battle of all. Another thing with Lukaku, of course, is um, we, we uh, came up with a good analogy this week of uh, the United's goals at the moment seem bottlenecked through that one individual. So if you think United are going to score goals... Like we said with Morata and... Morata is, is exactly the same. So for me, Morata and Lukaku are two strikers in this in particular whose midfield alternatives. In this case, it would be Mkhitaryan, Martial, who doesn't really start that often, Rashford, who, you know... If he's you're, technically a striker. He's a striker as well, so then you can't, you can't really get him in. 
Pogba obviously is injured. I think if Pogba was fit right now, it would be a much easier discussion to have be had because Pogba was in those first couple of weeks almost matching Lukaku for his output, but he's not around at the moment and we don't know how long he is until he gets back. So. But it's also worth pointing out, you know, Liverpool have only kept two clean sheets this season. Yeah. You know, so the next three games, Crystal Palace, Liverpool, Huddersfield, he could get goals in all of those games. Absolutely. And then it's just the, the, the Spurs and Chelsea fixtures after that. So it might be worth keeping on to him for a few more weeks yet. Moving on to the next one then is Jamie Vardy, who obviously his massive uh, appeal in this situation is his price, yes. because all of these are above 10.3, apart from him, and he's 8.5. Which is still a lot to spend on a striker. Four million less than Kane. But he, as you say, four he's million. four million less than Kane, which is a lot of money. Um, and he's got five goals already this season. He has missed a penalty, but you know you could you could argue an inch or two to the left, if fine margins so in the field, six. Yeah, the has missed a penalty as well. So I. Th- I love the look of Jamie Vardy yeah, and I love Leicester's fixtures. Yeah. And he's going to guaranteed starts. They've not got the distraction of European football. Vardy just loves goals. He <laughs> eats goals. And For breakfast, lunch and dinner. He just At 8-5, he's a doable third striker option and making your front line so powerful. But I think he's sort of a bit of a middle ground. I think... Do you... <laughs> The argument is, is it worth going 8-5 on a third striker when you either go down to a 5-5, like a, you know, a below 6 million striker like Abraham, and just bolster your midfield? Or why go to a halfway house like Vardy when you could just go for a couple million more to Morata, have three huge strikers, and then have your two big midfielders backing them up? And I know you've done some calculations yeah. and you think it's possible to so, actually have six big sort of names across midfield and attack. So I worked out this week, to, and this is relying on my squad value, so people out there might not necessarily be able to recreate it, just sort of just as a disclaimer to begin with, but I managed to make very little changes to my back line so that I, I was able to have a team that included, uh, what was it, it was Morata, Lukaku, Vardy, Ali, Coutinho Silva. and David Silva. So that means you've got covered, um, five sense. of the teams covered here Apart from Arsenal, uh, apart from Arsenal yeah. who, who also including Arsenal. Liverpool, who obviously do score a lot of goals. But and then I had Arsenal covered in Kalazanak in at the back, yes. and I still had, had Ben Davis. I had Ben Davis still, and I was able to upgrade Schindler into uh, Cedric. So that's a serious squad. Yeah, um, that's what I would do if I was the wild card now. Whether or not I want to, I don't know because the, the thing is that obviously involves taking out Harry Kane, who we'll move on to discuss in a minute, and he's got some really nice fixtures coming up. But uh, the argument is balancing all of these with their midfield options. I actually think Harry Kane has the best midfield um, uh, complementary players If you, in terms of the, the goals that are scored. So Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen. We have said that Ali doesn't look quite 100% yet, but Eriksen's scoring goals left, right and centre as well. He's assisting as well. And that's, that's why you could argue that... Because the, the point is, no, I'm not saying Kane's not going to score goals. Kane yeah. is going to score goals. But if, if Eriksen and Ali can be involved enough not necessarily to match it, but to, but to slash the difference so that you can upgrade elsewhere in the team. I thought it might be worth it. To, I mean, to make to make for Kane to be worth his money, he's got to outperform Vardy, isn't he? I mean, really? that's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. And I'm just looking at uh, you know Leicester's fixtures. They've they played Liverpool. No, sorry, sorry. Result of previous fixtures they've already played. Yeah. So Vardy's on 36 points, but they played Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, and Arsenal in their first six fixtures. Yeah, exactly. He's still on. I didn't even 36 think about that. Points. That's yeah. well, so, you know, that. There's, there's very tough games. And, it, and, if, and if he can do that against them, oh, then you there's might so just much temptation. Convince me live on air. <laughs> that I, that's incredible. And, and 
going back to their actual <laughs> fixtures, I've got the graph up that I built yesterday. When you compare, out of these six players, the player out of these six with the best run on the FDR over the next 10 is Jamie Vardy. Yeah. So Man United's uh, FDR average over the next 10 games is three. Because as you mentioned, they've got a lot of four and fives on there. Arsenal's is 2.9. Man City's is 2.8. Spurs is 2.7. Chelsea is 2.6. So t- Chelsea, again, Alvaro Morata has an unbelievable run coming up. But Leicester City have 2.8. Five. They've got an unbelievable run coming up. Which brings us back to the bloody original dilemma. <laughs> How do you get them all in? Exactly. Like you would happily I'm go for all six. I'm t- because I think part of me is, is getting beyond my own, my own pride in having Kane and Lukaku from the start. You want to keep? I feel like I've failed. Yeah. If I get rid of either yeah. of them, I've stuck with Kane now. He looks threatening as hell. And if I then go and bin him off, it just feels like a failure. Yeah. But then if I were to go with Vardy as the third striker with with Kane on the card, which is very feasible, yeah. I'm then thinking, oh, Morata's gonna ruin me. <laughs> it just it's such a tough dilemma. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing with 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 Vardy is that he is so viable at such a price because the key thing the key thing of what I actually did when I first built this was I I decided to take Kane out last when the way I built it in mm. the in my little draft area of the website and. When I and, and I and I got to the point where I was like, oh, okay, I, I'm gonna have to downgrade one of my defenders to like Hunemeyer or something because mm. I already had a member in. Yes. So I built it that way, and then I took Kane out, and then it gave me like two oh, million yeah. in the bank. So, I, someone said on Twitter in response to my article that the the best way of looking at it perhaps is is points per million, and again, nobody's saying Kane's not gonna score goals, but if he's not scoring at home, which you know is has been the case up to this point. Is he worth 12.5 million when Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen are worth 9.5 and 9.7 respectively, and you know are so, matching him so far? So there's no Arsenal fans winning. You know, we're just going to accept that Lacazette's not even worth talking well, about. Well, I think well, I th- I think it's still worth talking about because Arsenal's runs um, worth looking at. It's a good it's a good good run the, generally, the, the especially over the next five games. Not over ten, but over five. The thing that I would say about Lacazette though is any positive you say about Lacazette, you can find one of those five that will be better in that region. Yes. Yes. So Quite you, you, talk, you talked about Morata and Lacazette being the two about the form, but if you're going to pick out of them, you pick Morata. Yes. Yeah, so it's similar prices also. I, I think the thing with Lacazette is that he's now on penalties by the looks of it. So that's, I, mean, I know that a lot of the others these are as well, but he's worth the it's, it's tough to tell, isn't it? Because, I mean, if we're get, going back to midfield alternatives again, Ozil... Is Ozil has disappeared completely. Sanchez is blowing hot and cold, and by the looks of it, doesn't take the penalties anymore. Aaron Ramsey is is clearly worth like seven million for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not in the eight million bracket because he's not as involved. It's not 2013 anymore. Put it that way. Um, so that's the thing. If you want to capital, capitalize on Arsenal, then should you go with him? The other drawback of him, of course, which we mentioned in our article, is the fact that he gets pulled off a lot. Um, you know, if Arsenal are chasing a game late on. Wenger likes to bring on Giroud for him. And the way to go for the long ball. Giroud starting. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and actually, a, a horrible stat for Lacazette that nobody who has him will particularly like is he has actually only completed 90 minutes once in the league in six game weeks. Because he didn't start at Liverpool and all the other games, with the exception of the first one, he was subbed off. So, that's, that's why, going back to the little draft I did, I covered Arsenal with Kalazanak because I think they will keep clean sheets over the next couple of I mean, the next games at home against Brighton. But, but again, looking at the six fixtures Arsenal played so far, yeah. half, 50% of those games they've not scored in. Yeah. And the fact is, Arsenal can have, historically have shockers against poor teams. <laughs> that's and true. that's why you, you know that that's what they do under Arsene Wenger. So then if you pick Lacazette, you've only got yourself to blame if that doesn't work out. Whereas, I think there are much better options and you can not, not beat yourself up so much with the others. I think over Lacazette. I think probably the best argument because we've all agreed that he's probably the weaker of the six is the fact that 
if you're quite far behind at this point and you know that a lot of people in your league are going to have Morata, Lukaku, maybe have him as a differential. It's probably the only reason yes. you can get behind him because I think point. his ownership is quite low still. But and his ownership is low for good reason. But 10.6. there's you know he, he's clearly he scores a lot of goals in France. That's not to say we score goals here, but you know we've seen a lot of people take a little bit of a time to adapt to the league and all of a sudden explode. Which anything can happen in FBL, as we all so know. So should we discount like that then? So we're down to five. <laughs> yeah, and then I don't, yeah, I don't think we're going to agree on this. Well, I, well yeah, so I'm just kind of aware of. I think Jack. So yeah, if we, if we go around and say if you who, which two would you pick, and then if you were going to pick three, what would you pick? So I'm going to go first, bearing in mind I already made my decision yesterday. Okay. So if I was going to go with two, I'd go with Morata and Lukaku, is what I would do. If I was going to go with, uh, and that's uh, that's down to the fact that I think that they are the most guaranteed to start outside of Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy. Um, Lukaku, for me, is a consistent goal scorer. You're going to take him with his fixtures. I'm, I am going to take. I'm, I'd take a risk on him with that because I, I just the the fact that he's just scoring every single week. I think that builds confidence that he could use to do well in some of the big games. And he is going to have a much better service in those big games than he did at Everton. So mm-hmm. it is going to be easy for him to do well. Morata, we all know why we're picking Morata. He's got a great fixture run. Great I think accuracy. Agree on Morata, all Morata, I think, is the main one we're going to go for. Um, if I was going to go for three, as we've already discussed with my little template that I put together, I would go Morata, Lukaku and Vardy and then back that up in midfield with Salah or Coutinho, depending so on what So you wouldn't pick, so if you're going with two and like, let's say, a third striker is worth five million, your two would still be Morata and Lukaku. Mm-hmm. So you're not saying Morata and Lukaku just because they're cheap enough to allow you to bring Vardy in? It, it's, it, it's to do with who I want to cover. So I do want to cover Man United. Oh, it's the fact you're going to have Spurs midfielder. Yeah, I would, yeah so that it would involve Ali... Silver, Salah or Coutinho, depending on price. what price they're at mm-hmm. when I do it. And then Lukaku, uh, Morata and Vardy. And actually, worth just mentioning at this point, that actually the third striker, if I didn't go for someone like Vardy, would possibly be Umar Nias. But we will talk about that possibly a little bit later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Baron? What would you go with? It's a tough one, isn't it? I think um, the, the beauty is I've still got my wild card to play and I've got a couple of free transfers up my sleeve and fixtures this week are looking quite good for me and, I, and I'm, I'm, I think we're all very lucky that City and Chelsea are playing each other so people who haven't got that cover I've, I've got no City or Chelsea players I can just let that one ride itself out and not be too worried I've got you know Lukaku playing Palace and Kane playing Huddersfield see how everybody gets on this weekend then we've got the international break so we've got a bit more time to think about it and then I'm going to assess I think I'm going to give keep, keep Kane until the Bournemouth home game so they've got Huddersfield away this weekend and I fully expect them to score at least once. And then the acid test for me is going to be uh, Bournemouth at Wembley. And if he doesn't do anything there or doesn't score more than one, he's in a serious threat. And I may well then play the wild card. Yeah. And just another downside to waiting is that I'm, I'm going to be faced with Morata being at maybe you know, 10-6, maybe by that point, if not 10-7. So that's the downside, but I'm going to take that risk. Yeah, I think but Vardy is a bloody tough one because <laughs> he's not one you can really wait for because his no. fixtures are good now. Exactly. So if you can get Vardy, you probably got to move quite soon. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned a really <coughs> oh, a bit of sauce there. <laughs> you mentioned a great point with Kane, which I think um, uh, listeners should be aware of is that is a great way to test Wembley for him because he historically absolutely destroys Bournemouth. So I think. That you can probably correct me on this if I get this wrong later, but normally I'm good with my stats. I think he has nine goals in five games against Bournemouth, which obviously is more than a goal a game. Um, and and if, if he's very good at scoring against that, clearly over those five games he is good against that defence. Mm. But if he cannot do it at Wembley, then basically everything we know about Kane 
almost goes out the window 50% of the time. So, and, and, and as you mentioned, Huddersfield away is, is a nice looking fixture. I mean, going back to what I said, I, I'm probably going to do something similar to you. I probably won't make that big change until Kane has had those two games because I, I think, you know, he's got a hat trick, he's got a perfect hat trick last night. Yeah, you just, you just, every time we have a bit of doubt with Kane, he just comes back, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like the, the West Ham game, I had loads of doubt before West Ham, he comes in and just looks amazing. He could have scored more than two. And you just four. know you'll get rid of him in the week after exactly. he'll score a head in the Exactly. You've mentioned uh, obviously already that you have to on your wild card. Well, that's the thing. You, so we're, it's we're tricky about, for you. We're talking about this, but I've but I've done it. I've been there. I've 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 got Morata. I've got Lukaku. I've got Aguero, and I think for now that's what I'm going to stick with. I'm quite happy with that. I've got Eriksen and Salah in midfield, so I think I've got a power five. Um, so far my other players have been propping them up quite well. So that being said, I said last week I wouldn't make any transfers. I end up making two. So <laughs> so so who knows? But no, I'm honestly I'm, I'm I spoke to Baron last week about it. I'm really happy the way my squad yeah, looks. Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah. Your Jack, squad. Jack's done what we've just been talking about, hasn't he? He's yeah. actually got Head the strikers the and then he's got the midfield cover for the other teams. Yeah, I have to admit I do. I'm quite scared of your team at the moment, especially because you're quite close to me. Uh, that's that's the thing. And I said I said looking at these fixtures this week just gone, sparing again. That they look tasty, and for mm. once it comes off. But I mean, when I, when I looked at your team, I thought the big hitters are—they oh, swore there—they <laughs> are terrifying. <laughs> but when I look at like Huddersfield's fixtures and Watford's fixtures, they've got terrible runs, and it, and you haven't did bother me too much. But if your big five just keep coming yeah. in, and you get like the odd clean sheet from the others mm. or the odd assist, you're laughing. And again, Pickford—I know he only got three points this week, Everything but he would always make saves, yeah. saves no matter how Ever- Everton. Mm. Bombarded by shots, he would always make saves. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I look forward to seeing what you two are going to do. Like I said, I've played my wild card. I've had that dilemma. And you said you're most excited at the weekend about seeing what Dave and I do on the on Saturday. And you, and you didn't end up doing anything, night yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was I've the already and of us did. <laughs> that was another, that was another part of the fear. And again, I said to Baron last week, you know that. One of the reasons I got Aguero in my 5am state was because I was worried that you two were both going to have him as well. Yeah. After that dream, I thought, well, those two combined, I need to get him. I have to admit, I told you that last week, and I want to get it recorded on the podcast as well, I think we should give you some credit for how well your team did this week, but we should probably give more credit to the sleepy version of you that wasn't thinking straight, rather than the actual Jack. But then also, I did take out Fabregas in my yeah. broken state. Well, oh, no, what I'm saying is you're, you're <laughs> like kind of almost, not, not drunken, but not thinking straight, half awake Jack made an unbelievable decision because yeah Fabregas came out who didn't play and Hastings came, uh, came out who didn't play and you bring in Aguero captain and gets 22 points and yeah Gross didn't do anything but he still got more points than Fabregas so you know that's a good decision there. you've mentioned Pickford so I want to touch briefly on um, someone that, that we quite we always found very entertaining which is Everton striker Umar Niaz who just out of nowhere scored two goals against Bournemouth um, he's worth five million and he wasn't even on the game. He, he is the next goals. Mounier. He is the next <laughs> Mounier. I can, I can say without any shadow of doubt, he is the next Mounier. Okay, that's Jack's view on that one. What about you, Baron? What are you thinking on him? Um, Everton's fixtures are very nice. Yeah, good Guaranteed to start as well. Good price. He's not in their Europa League. Is he guaranteed to start, though? I, I think he is because he's not that's in their Europa League. I, I think we need to give it to him all week. I mean, I agree too. He, I'm probably not going to bring him in this week, but he's on our watch list simply just if because... He start, if he starts playing yeah. 90 minutes, then he's, he's a very good option at Brighton. I mean, if he scored two goals in that situation, he was given a um, like a VIP hit, like guard of honour tour around the um, the hospitality suite. Ron, Ronald Koeman is the most stubborn man. Yeah, I mean, that is true. But he's not in the Europa League squad. So if Koeman... Need someone fresh and fit for a Saturday. Yes. 
then he's the go-to guy because Rooney clearly isn't playing up front. Dominic Calvert-Lewin started as well, so he's he's quite cheap as well. So he is wanna... something I'm interested in, but yeah. again, it's just it's just whether they get guaranteed, sorry, regular minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right, so we've touched on them. So three questions. Um, we're going to start with uh, you, Jack, with a question from uh, Dada Ba. Great name. Uh, are Denver, there, Denver's brother. Yeah, Denver's brother. Yeah. Are there any five million midfielders who can get me points? And because you, you have one or two that are in the well, five to six million bracket. Bear in mind, I've not been told this question. So I have no preparation in looking at <laughs> any five million midfielders involved. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I have no idea. Well, I think it the reason it's been asked is uh, is because it's quite tricky this year. Um, there's, there's no because Mares, for example, was in this bracket to begin with, and he flew. Um, you had. Um, you had Josh King last year, who obviously was technically a midfielder who flew. I think you've got you've got Gross and you've got um, sort of what well, yeah, I've had to, I've had to get some cheap midfielders. Yeah, would, I, would, exactly. I, would I get them if I didn't need them? Possibly not. But there are Gross, you, Gross has um, scored or been involved in every game apart every goal. Sorry, apart from the one that happened this weekend. So he is definitely oh, a good bet. I still think Watford haven't got the points since I've brought the players in, but I still think Watford will be in a, a decent attacking team. Um, and I would still put some money on them. Um, I mean, a very, very quick look at this, the stats. If, if, if the limit is five billion, they are looking at very much you know, a, a fourth or a fifth stro- uh, midfielder. Then um, Stephen Davis at Southampton's actually doing quite well for his price point. He's yeah. playing a lot more advanced than normal because Romeo and uh, Lamina are playing defensive. Davis is getting a lot of minutes. His ICT index score is very, very good. He's actually bagged uh, this season. Now, I know Southampton generally are pretty poor going forward, but for 5.1 million Davises now, you're not expecting much. So I'm sure uh, Dada is uh, is not expecting a great deal, but Davis wants to keep an eye on. And Solly March, who looks very, very uh, threatening for Brighton against Newcastle at the weekend, scored at Bournemouth, of course. He's played every single uh, match on the left wing for Brighton. So for 5 million, he's not a bad shout either. And Atsu's another one. 5.1 yeah, 5. 5. scored uh, once this season but very friendly on assist or two yeah. Yeah. He's, well, he's got 22 points so far yeah absolutely so not, not bad I mean not he's, bad prob- yeah, he's probably your best bet in Newcastle have a nice run of fixtures coming up as well um, Baron I'm going to ask you a question one that we have discussed this week a lot Michael Cold says should I go for Leroy Sane or Raheem Sterling and I think I know what you're going to say for this no <laughs> and the reason is because of rotation exactly I just, I just exactly. don't I just, you just, you're just not you I mean, it's one thing talking about Aguero and Jesus, but it's another thing talking about Sterling. I mean, Sterling has scored more goals than any midfielder, and he's still not guaranteed to start. Exactly. You can't live your FPL life like that. It's no. just too much stress. <laughs> and it's pretty it, stressful already. They're in that sort of mid mid price point as well, and I'd recommend that you would you you go with the three of the six strikers we've talked about, maybe, and then you go for two big hitters in midfield, you know, like a Salah or an Eriksson, and then for the three, you you go for five and a half million and less and they're a price point that's in between that and they're not guaranteed starts. I mean you can ride out those those peaks and troughs because at the weekend they were incredible and, mm. and City will score a lot of goals and when they play they'll be involved but you just don't know when they're going to play. No. The, the, the other side to that just give, is going back to what you said earlier is is if you want to make, have a differential to make up that gap Yeah. only 4.3% owning yeah. I mean that is shockingly low for, and as Brent said for midfield that scored the most amount of goals it's, I can see why people were tempted. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 7.8 still, which yes. means that uh, Raheem Sterling, I should say, um, you know, it's a great price. I think it's entirely possible that he may play this weekend because of the way that he was, um, he came on late as a substitute um, for the Champions League game. You know, so he was a sub against Palace, he was a sub against Shakhtar Donetsk. Could he play 
uh, this weekend, bearing in mind that Sane played all 90 minutes last night. We'll probably try. We'll probably get more of an idea of how Pep likes to rotate and what that means for the next game week. But bearing in mind his current form, he could start this week. But as as we've said before, we just we just don't know. Um, I, I think that the key is they're still relatively close in price to David Silva, who is, in my opinion, guaranteed to start. So if you're looking at that bracket for a Man City midfielder, yeah, it's, it's surely Silver's, go for Silva. Silva's more than Sané, which yeah. just seems madness. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sané, obviously, his price has, has gone up in, in recent weeks because he's been scoring the goals. But, of course, you know, for as many times as he scores goals, he, he won't be playing. So, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that. Don't look at the secondary bit part City players, even if they've got more goals than any other midfielder. Um, final question then is from Manus, who has asked, who is the best 4.5 million midfielder for game week seven? And I've had a little bit of a look into this myself because I've had Tom Carroll for most of the season. And I've got to admit, I'm starting to lose my patience with Tom Carroll yeah, because we kind of had this idea that because Sigurdsson had left and that Renato Sanchez had come in as a holding midfielder, that Tom Carroll would play much further forward. And it hasn't really materialised in any kind of way. He the quality, does he? he? Well, he's just not involved. I, I think... I don't, I'm not, I obviously haven't been watching every minute of every Swansea game, but, you know, you will get players who are in teams who aren't involved in the FPL um, production, even if they're playing well. I mean, N'Golo mm. Kante is a prime example of that. Um, for me, I, I'm going to shock a lot of people here when I say, if you're looking for someone 4.5, it might be worth thinking about Ruben Loftus-Cheek again. I know Palace haven't scored a goal yet this season, but that clearly isn't going to continue for the rest of the campaign. And if you watched uh, extensive highlights of Palace's away trip at City, they went very close to going maybe 1 or 2 nil up through Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Because at 4.5 million, you're expecting someone who plays in central midfield, but um, Loftus-Cheek is playing in a very advanced winger's position. And if Hodgson can get to a stage where he is actually getting the best out of Benteke and scoring some goals, then you've got to expect that he's going to be involved bearing in mind what he's done so far. So for me, it's got to be him. I don't know if you guys have got any other 4.5 million midfielders you've been thinking about, especially when you've got these big strikers you need to fit into your budgets. 4.5 yeah, million just, midfielders. Just a very, very quick look whilst David was answering that. I've had a quick look. Uh, Bournemouth were home to Leicester this weekend. Andrew Sermon is 4.5 million. Seems to get regular starts. He has scored this season. And as we've already said, 4.5 million is... Uh, you're not expecting much, yeah, no. maybe nothing more than a start really. Like I said, Carroll and Loftus Cheek are the standout options. Carroll's got a decent fix this weekend. I mean, the trouble with Carroll is I would, I would chip him out in a second, but there's just not many other options out there. The only one I would look at is Loftus Cheek, and I'm just going to wait for his fixtures to turn. But when his fixtures do turn, I think I absolutely agree. Loftus Cheek does look very dangerous and incredibly mistakenly priced. <laughs> I can't believe he's been putting in at a four and a half million player. But um, one weekend only, Bournemouth at home to Leicester, Andrew Sermon's four or five. Don't know if Jack's got any suggestions. No, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at Loftus Cheek. I think, as you quite said, they're not going to not score a goal forever. They've got a tough next two games with Man United and Chelsea, and then, but then they've got a really nice run of fixtures. And for, you know, people are going to be four point five for a reason. You're not going to get yeah. anyone on thirty, forty points on four, on four, point five. But so you're looking for potential, aren't you? And what Ruben Loftus Cheek, I think you're right. Definitely has that potential to burst, and mm. his price could shoot, shoot up if that happens. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, that uh, brings us to a close uh, of our latest episode. I can definitely confirm I'm definitely going to have a massive glug of water when we're out of here because my lips are still, still burning. The video will be on the oh. website, but I warn you, it doesn't make a pleasant viewing. I was going to say, away. yeah, Baron nearly threw up. So, um, as ever, we'll have um, we've got plenty of content on the website. So we obviously went through all six strikers. There's uh, an article on the website at the moment with some. Um, dare I say it, beautiful graphics, which I can only um, credit East Scenic with our new uh, website we got recently. They look very nice. 
Um, we'll obviously have uh, best players to sign for game week seven and who should ca captain should be as well, so ke keep a look out for them. And we've also got some analysis on what the Champions League action this week means for game week seven, especially with the Manchester City selection dilemma. So on that note, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Waiting on the Bonus Points. We're always happy to help you out with your FBL team. So if you have any questions for our panel, follow or tweet us at FBL underscore Herald. Wie had dat gedacht? Van shoppen in Milaan naar achter de koopjes aan. <laughs> Gelukkig heeft Telford Smart Packers. Niet het laatste model telefoon, maar wel de beste prijs. <laughs> dat is toch genieten? Geniet ook zonder te veel te betalen met Telford Smart Packers. Zoals de Samsung Galaxy S7 met 1 gig en 150 minuten. Nu voor maar 26,50 euro per maand. Doe je voordeel mee, Telford. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.